Welcome to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good morning and welcome into the podcast. Today is January the 15th. It's a Saturday, but we're going to pretend it's a Friday because we're doing question and answers today. And of course, we do that on Fridays when we do the podcast. And these are questions that are submitted by uh, listeners, and I try to answer them. I don't look at them beforehand. I used to. Now I don't because that way I get a surprise, you get a surprise. And uh, But first... Uh, Tragic news out of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, Commissioner uh, Dennis Jankerson announcing there that uh, firefighter Benjamin Polson has died in the line of duty. Um, he was uh, fighting a house fire, and uh, he has uh, perished. Uh, of course, St. Louis is a busy department, around 750 uniform personnel. I think they have about 35, 36 stations, and... On the order of about seven battalions, that's what it split up into. And uh, just a tragedy there. Um, arrangements uh, will be coming out soon. And I know that there will be many who will who will make the trek to St. Louis to support the brothers and sisters there. And, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're 15 days into January. And uh, it's never easy when things like this happen. So uh, uh, keep them in your thoughts and prayers, and uh, we will update information as updated information comes out. You know, I want to start off today, uh, at, you know, talking a little bit uh, about uh, um, about the the reality of firefighting. Right? Uh, the reality is is that people get hurt and people get killed. The reality is is that it, it can be a very tough profession. Uh, for many, it's the most rewarding profession in the world. And uh, I think, honestly, part of it is that uh, you're doing something that most people don't want to do. And so the reality is, yes, these things happen. Um, and uh, when a line of duty death happens, a lot of, a lot of people question what they're doing. Not all, certainly. Not, just there are some who do. Uh, so it's something to think about on a Saturday. And, uh, you know, obviously you think about it and then you park it away and you move on. That's what firefighting is. Let me get to the first question today. Let's see. If you had to choose between a straight stick and a platform, uh, what would you choose? Well, it depends on. Uh, well, first of all, I wouldn't choose a. I wouldn't choose a, a rear mount platform. I I don't like them. Uh, you know, I think people who've been in areas where uh, there is a significant amount of uh, significant number of buildings, and um, anytime there is uh, tight spaces, I always go for the mid mount. Um, I've had people say, ah, oh, you know, I don't want that, don't want it hanging off the rear. 
I'll be honest with you. I'll take that any day over uh, a rear mount with a platform hanging off the front. I'll take it any day. Sure, the one hanging off the front's much easier to drive and all that. Um, I just don't like them. Uh, that's just me. Um, so I like a mid-mount. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. It depends on what you want to do. Um, obviously, sticks have their place. They've always had their place, and they still do. Um, you know, a bucket or platform, it gives you uh, stability up in the air. Uh, you can have a couple of people up there. Um, they really, you know, I, I guess pros and cons, uh, they equal out uh, based on what you need. So I, I don't know where you're, where you, where you operate, but certainly in a in an urban area, built up, uh, tight streets, um, I'll take a stick and and a, a mid mount. You know, somewhere else, I, I you know, it just depends. I guess that's the best way to answer it. Let's see. We have a new company officer who was a com- company officer before and uh, is a disaster. Uh, his ego has alienated all of us and others as well. Um, we feel as though he's created a horrible environment and I know guys are thinking about quitting just to get away from him. Uh, the upper brass won't listen because he's in pretty tight with one of our idiot chiefs. And, uh, okay, well, I can stop right there. Uh, well, actually, let me see. <laughs> um, what is, what's your recommendation? Uh, hmm. Well, here, you know, uh, look, it depends. You know, let, let's look at it from this perspective. Uh, this person's a company officer, uh, newly promoted. Okay, um, that happens uh, every year. Um, if, if it's not just straight personality between two people, so that happens, right? You get a company officer, you get anybody really, a new firefighter, it doesn't matter what it is, and, and there's a personality uh, conflict just between two people, between you and someone else, well, maybe that's just what it is. If indeed uh, your crew, and I don't know how many are on your crew or in your station, uh, but let's presume that your department is smart enough to have four people on a rig, um, you know, if, if that's who you have on the rig, there, there's four people on there, uh, and there are people with uh, with problems with with these folks, or with that particular officer. Let's say that the whole crew does. If it is getting to the point where at least some people are contemplating resigning, then I would say you have to escalate it. You know, I, I mean that's that would be what I would do if if it ever got that bad. Um, but. I, I wonder if it might not be a good idea to uh, talk to the company officer. Maybe that, uh, I, I mean, certainly I feel as though if I have a problem with somebody, I, and this is how I've been my whole life, I'm going straight to the person. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to say, you know, this is how I feel, this is what's going on, yada, yada, these are the facts, all of that. If you feel that you can't do that, then that's a different situation. 
what I would then do is, uh, if it's that bad, I would go to your battalion chief, district chief, whatever, um, whoever's in charge of your battalion, district, tour, you know, tour commander, whatever the case is. I would go to them and say, yeah, this is what's going on, and we all have issues with it. Because here's the truth, right? And, and let's circle back around to this. Any crew, two, three people, can uh, basically uh, make life impossible for any company officer. It's the way it is. Um, it is the way that it's the way it's done. I mean, it just is. And, uh, you know, firefighters have to learn that about themselves. And sometimes these, these uh, new company officers, um, I, I get it. They feel like theirs doesn't stink. They don't know how to interact with people. And uh, they really shouldn't be in the job. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. If this person has, uh, is causing people to contemplate quitting the job, and all things being equal, if what you're saying is accurate, um, then yeah, that person probably doesn't need to be in that position. And so the best thing to do would be to escalate it, take it up the line. That's what the chain of command's for. If you get no satisfaction, hire a lawyer. I mean, what what you know what the law is sensitive to right now is workplace environment, making it a difficult place to work, making it an impossible place to work. Most cities, towns, counties, and states will will react swiftly if if there's some sort of work environment issue. That being said, all of that being said, and this just occurred to me too, at some point you have to suck things up. I, I mean, it, it's just the way it is. So what do I mean by that? Um, number one, you have to do your job every day, no matter what. You come to work. The environment's miserable, do your job. The environment's great, do your job. If it's a mix, do your job. That's the bottom line with it. So you have to do your job. Number two, in as much as possible, follow all SOPs and SOGs with respect to escalating things up the chain or talking about things. Uh, up to and including uh, your either human resources or personnel division, whatever you call it, wherever you're at. Uh, you can escalate it there as well. And again, I'm going on uh, your this particular person's word on something that what they're saying is absolutely true. If that's the case, you probably, if your crew, if the whole crew is that miserable, you probably have a good cause to have that person uh, looked at. Uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, I, what I would say is try your hardest to make sure to always do your job. That's the big thing because you don't want that coming back on you. If you don't do your job, I wouldn't escalate anything, um, you know, because you're not doing your job. Not doing your job is not an excuse no matter what happens. Um, that it just isn't. So if you do your job and have done your job, uh, you really don't you really don't uh, you don't have much to worry about. I tell people that all the time. Know your job, do your job, 
90% of the crap's going to bypass you by. Let's go to another one. Uh, let's see here. I never hear you talk about issues of, of race or gender. I was wondering, what are your thoughts on race and gender in the fire service? Um, that's a pretty straightforward question. You know, here's the thing. Firefighters uh, don't get to choose who they serve. Uh, and they never should be able to choose who they serve other than choosing a community. Um, one of the things uh, that I think happens when either you grow up relatively poor or uh, you work somewhere where you're interacting with people from all different kinds of backgrounds is that, uh, at least for me, I, I think, you know, 100%, I grew up around different people. My friends were along the spot. I mean, you name it, I had friends. Um, my belief in with respect to race is pretty straightforward. Um, you do your job. You treat your fellow employees with respect. And for me, everything is predicated on whether or not that person was competent. As long as a fellow employee is competent, I can deal. That's the way it is. If they're incompetent, it doesn't matter what they look like. They're incompetent. They don't get a pass just because of a, a gender or race or anything else. Um, as long as someone's competent, you know, the fire service is open to everyone, and it should be, as long as you're competent. That's the litmus test for me. With respect to gender, I, it's the same for me. Uh, if someone's good, it doesn't matter to me. It just doesn't. You know, if someone can do the job, that's all that matters to me. And uh, so those are my takes on it. If you have anything in, you know, with any sort of specificity about either of those topics, then certainly uh, hit me back up. But I'll say this. Um, on the job, you have brothers and sisters, and uh, that's the way it is. That's how I see it. And... Uh, to me, that's the history of the fire service. Is uh, Its greatest tradition is understanding that change is necessary. Um, there have been horrible things done to people over the decades and, and centuries. And, uh, you know, I think that as long as a person is good at what they do, uh, they're a fellow firefighter. That's how I've always felt. And that's not bragging. I'm just saying that's the way it is. I... Uh, that's how I think. That's how I feel. Let's see. Uh, I heard you talking about salaries at a particular department. I'm wondering uh, at what point does it become cost prohibitive because one department gets a raise, then the next department, then they go back with that one, then the next one. Um, don't you think that's uh, not a good way to economically handle the taxpayer's money? Uh, I think you're full of crap, actually. And, and this is why. Um, we talk about the economy a lot in this country, as we should. We talk about bringing in businesses and, and building up communities and, and, and having stores and, and all things that, are, that come in. And they're all part of, of a great community. You know, we have to be economically strong. 
With respect to the public safety triad, fire, law enforcement, EMS, um, there's no business that doesn't get protection from all of those. The trucks that bring goods, that bring consumables, that bring, you know, the stuff we buy every day, they're protected as well. Um, If one rolls over, if there's some sort of leak, who's coming? Fire department, EMS, law enforcement. The buildings that are built, the brand new buildings that are built, the the buildings that are renovated, the... uh, the shops, uh, you name it. There's nothing in the economic system that is not protected by fire, law enforcement, and EMS. Um, you know, the bottom line is this. The people who take care of you have to be taken care of. And if salaries are rising, the cost of salaries are rising, and they just do because that's how life works, um, If they're rising and if you need to stay competitive, you have to pay competitive wages. I don't believe for a second that the majority of citizens who are informed of what's going on rebel against that type of thinking. I think that there can be carefully crafted uh, statements put out that, that mislead the public. And that, uh, that caused people to go, oh my gosh, these firefighters, they're making way too much money. Here's the thing. You know, if you have a family and you're not a firefighter, firefighters are protecting your family. When you get on the interstate, no matter where you are in the country, firefighters are protecting that interstate. Secondary roads... Uh, your property, you know, protects you on your property. Yeah, firefighters. Um, when you're up in an airplane, uh, who's protecting you? Well, let's be honest. You have to wait till the plane comes down. But the fire department, who protects your the business that you own or the business that you work at? Who makes sure that? Your children are protected in school. Your daughters and sons are protected at work. The bottom line is it all comes back to different responsibilities. Someone who works for a uh, retail store, they, they work for that retail store. They don't work for all retail stores. Someone who works for... Uh, who works doing landscaping. Um, they're working for themselves. If, if they own the company, they're working for themselves. Uh, they're not working for every landscaper. Firefighting is much different. You're doing it for everybody. The people that don't want you. The people that love you. The people that hate you. The people that don't even know you exist. Firefighters are paid by citizens. And, and municipal departments, county, all that, they're paid by citizens. And in order to protect those citizens, you have to attract people. Recruiting, retention is important, all of those things. And it does take money. It's amazing. Um, the people who go out and work very hard for their money, 
there's a few of them who don't want to pay anyone who's protecting them. And they'll say, I've heard people say it. I don't want you to come to my house as my house is on fire. Mm, you don't get that choice. That's part of living in a community. We can argue about it. We can debate it. We can do whatever. The bottom line is, if you're in a car accident, you don't get to just drive away without getting in trouble. If you're injured, you're going to be taken to a hospital. And that's going to be fire and EMS. Law enforcement's going to be out there and they're going to be, you know, protecting the road. They're going to be issuing citations. They're going to do the things they do. So ultimately, firefighters are out there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And um, their job is to protect everyone. So, good economic sense means protecting assets. You own a business that, that works at the, you know, is headquartered in a building, that building needs to be protected. Um, you drive a truck, truck needs to be protected. That's the way it is. That's the way it works. And that's firefighters. And uh, that's the truth. Good economic sense tells us that uh, in order to make money, you have to spend money. And this is... Everyone spending money for protection and uh, to get the people who need to be there to protect them. Even volunteer organizations, they still require money. And uh, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is there's a requirement. That is good economic sense. Let's see. Our department is... Uh, changing uniforms, we are trying to change from uniforms that uh, made us look like taxi drivers. Uh, now we want to look more professional. I uh, was wondering if you had some uh, comments on people looking professional in uniforms. Sure, sure. I've got plenty of comments on that. Uh, number one, I don't believe that anyone should look like a bum in 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 uniform. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think you should walk around with holes in your jeans, uh, holes in your pants, and and a shirt that says "Choose Life." Wham, eighty-eight. I, I don't believe you should ever wear stuff like that. What I do believe is that your uh, uniform should be comfortable. I believe that. 100%. Um, firefighters, when they get in gear, uh, when you put PPE on, um, that's what the public knows. I, you know, I've said this for 35 years. Uh, the public uh, looks at firefighters, and when they see them, they expect them to have a helmet on and a coat and, and all the accoutrements. That's the way it works. Um, if people are coming to a station or firefighters are going out and giving a talk, uh, you know, some sort of fire prevention or something like that, or an inspection, whatever the case may be, um, you should look professional as long as the professional is comfortable. You're in your uniform uh, a significant portion of the day. And as someone who was on a department that, that for a while worried more about your appearance than anything else, um, 
that kind of approach can end in disaster. It, it just it makes people miserable. Um, so I'm not for any department that is so focused on how you look and not how comfortable you can be while doing your job with the caveat that no one should look like a bum in their uniform. So, you know, uniforms, are they important? Yes. Yes, I believe they are. There's a reason it's called unif- a uniform. Uniformity is important when it comes to a team. Uh, at the same time, I also believe, uh, and I believe this deeply, that, again, firefighters should be relatively comfortable in them. And I don't believe that any fire department, if their chief focus is how you look, that's not a good department. It's not a department that is that cares at all about firefighters. Um, again, shouldn't look like a bum, but uh, if your concern is just how you look, you're just as bad as anyone else. So it's a complete and total failure for me if it's that's the only thing that, that people are worried about. You know, you put on, you have on your uniform, you, you get a call for a fire, building fire somewhere, and you're in, you're in, your, you're in that gear for three hours. Um, you know, there's something to be said for, there's not a lot of comfort in PPE. I mean, there's just not. It's not comfortable. Um, it's even less comfortable if you have on a tuxedo underneath it. So don't wear a tuxedo just because it looks good. That doesn't make sense. In fact, it, it boggles the mind. And typically, the people that make those kinds of decisions don't have a lot of uh, real-life experience inside of gear. And uh, that's one of the things you can... It's one of those little keys that you get when you see people. And uh, you, they, that's one of the things they start talking about. It's always interesting how you can read those people. Let's do one more, and then, uh, then I'm going to call it a day. Let's see here. Uh, no, no, let's see. Uh, this one I'm going to kind of look at. I'm looking at a couple to try to figure out what I want to slot in here. Education. Um, hmm, eh, okay, we'll go with this one. Uh, in the course of our duty day, we drill uh, about every two hours for a half hour. Um, and, and I shouldn't even say that. This is what he writes because we kind of do it whenever. Uh, but because we do it that way, we find that firefighters enjoy training more because we hit it hard for a short period of time as opposed to the two-hour mandated drill period each day that we have where we have to be hands-on. Well, first of all, kudos to you, kudos to your department for training. You know, there are requirements. Most people pencil whip the requirements. Um, You know, they'll say, yeah, well, we did this today and we did that. And then we did that over there and we did this over here. And um, again, that's your, that's the way that goes. Not a lot you can do about it. Although people get into trouble if, if, uh, if that's the way it's done. Um, I like the idea of two hours per day, hands on. I like that with a tool in your hand, rope, pumping, something. Two hours a day seems seems a good deal to me, um, and I like breaking it up. That's actually a good idea, I think. Um, and I agree. I I believe that uh, firefighters probably focus more, and I think people actually focus more um, over short short time periods rather than these long drawn out 
boring classes that, that you see people that stand up there and drone from a book or they've got 1600 PowerPoint slides that they have to get through and they have to get every single one. Um, I know when I used to go to uh, Firehouse Expo and FDIC back in the both at the same, you know, same year, um, we used to, there was a group of people and used to crack up about all the people who, um, actually, I, I'm not going to tell that story because the people had a nasty name for them. Anyway, um, there are some people that, that get a lot out of PowerPoint presentations. There are, there are, uh, just whatever. But, um, you know, yes, hands-on is, is the best way to learn for a lot of people. And in firefighting, a lot of it is hands-on. I like the hands-on. I like uh, scenario-based training. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great idea what you're doing. And uh, uh, thanks for, for asking me about it so I can mention it. And, uh, yeah, I hope you, hope you guys keep up with it. I'm sure you will if you've already been drilling two hours a day. Uh, yeah, it makes sense to break it up, on some, certainly on some days anyway. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back on Monday with another podcast. Until then, stay safe.